What does it mean to bear with one another's weakness? Let's look at a few scriptures to get our answer. John chapter 19, verse 17. If you're a note taker, write these down. You can study them a little bit later. I'm going to move pretty fast through this. But John 19, uh, verse 17. The same Greek word for bearing here is pronounced bostazo. Can you say that with me? Bostazo. And somebody literally told me no. So anyway, uh, so I don't want to talk to you anymore. So bostazo is the Greek word. And it's used in this context, in, in, um, in John chapter 19, it's used to communicate Jesus bearing the cross to Calvary. Now, this term bostazo is actually only used a handful of times in, its, in this sense, in bearing uh, something physically. The common understanding of this term, uh, to bear with in Paul's day, would have been to take a burden on your shoulders literally. Jesus carrying the cross. It's a literal burden that you're taking. Although taking up one's cross, for us, uh, means facing persecution or bearing with the afflictions that come for proclaiming the name of Jesus. In this context, it also implies, please hear me church, it implies carrying the burden of a fellow brother and sister in Christ. It means carrying the weight of their weakened faith. That's what you're carrying. And our responsibility is the responsibility of growth in that other person. Our desire is that they would grow. Our desire is that they would be built up. Now, parents, you know this probably better than anybody, at least if you were taught properly what it means to be a parent. Your job for training your children, my job for training my children, is actually to equip them and prepare them to be a force to be reckoned with in the world. I did not have kids to fulfill this weird little longing in my heart. Did they fulfill something in my heart? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I I had children because God told me to have children. (laughs) Be fruitful and multiply. And I love that command. People ask me, they say, are you going till you get a boy? I have no hope of that. I have no hope of that. But I'd take a hundred more girls. It doesn't matter to me. They're amazing, amazing creatures. And I have four of them, which means I never get to use the bathroom. (laughs) The idea here, though, is that we are given children for a reason. They are arrows in the quiver of a father. They're to be shot into the world. If you are not equipping your children to go and take the gospel to the rest of the world, you're not doing it right. You're not doing it right. What are we supposed to do with fellow brothers and sisters? The same thing that a mom and dad are supposed to do with their children. When the going gets tough with your kids, do you you just send them packing? Don't answer that actually out loud. You know in your heart the answer is supposed to be no, and so you keep them. But interestingly enough, in the church, when the going gets tough, we send people packing all the time. Don't we? We send people packing, or we just go ahead and pack up. And this is a dangerous way to live out our lives. To bear this burden the same way Christ did is to actually bear the burden of weak faith so that we can develop, we can cultivate strength in a fellow brother or sister in Christ. 
In Acts chapter 9, verses 15 and 16, Jesus speaking to Ananias uh, concerning the conversion of Paul. And yes, these are red letters. Yes, this is Jesus speaking to Ananias the same way he spoke to Paul on the Damascus road. And he said to Ananias, he said, he, referring to Paul, is a chosen instrument of mine to bear, bastazo, to bear my name before the Gentiles. Jesus then goes on to correlate bearing with suffering for his name. That's what it means to bear. So what does it mean to bear the name of Jesus? Well, it means to suffer. It means to suffer. But the term suffer here is not some uh, abstract pain that we endure. We're talking about patience. We're talking about long suffering. We're talking about enduring uh, through something or holding fast or standing firm, the scripture would say. Scripture says that we will, we will be known by our love for one another. How many of you know that? We will be known by our love for one another. Sometimes love is a sacrifice. Not all the time. There are times where uh, my expressions of love or my opportunities to love are a joy through and through. No sacrifice necessary. But there are times when love is a sacrifice, aren't isn't there? There's times when it's really, really difficult, right? Sometimes love is a sacrifice, but to love like Jesus is not always seen as a good thing from us or the person receiving love. Sometimes the strong in faith, and I'm not presuming anything, but sometimes the strong in faith, if that is who you are, sometimes it's hard to love another person. And so what you're tempted to do is to hold them in contempt. This is why Paul warns against it. Don't hold them in contempt. Because loving people is hard. Anybody who's ever had toddlers understands that sometimes, no, I mean, it, it's funny, but it's not even necessary to be funny. The idea is that sometimes you're like, oh my goodness, how long must I put up with this? And God says, 18 years, smile. You know, in, in a millennial culture, it's till they're 40. I don't know why <laughs> this is the case, right? So, so but the idea, the, the idea here is that we bear with them, okay? And we're supposed to bear with one another. But loving in that context, uh, it can be hard. It's, it's not always that fun. And sometimes the one that is, being, uh, that is being helped doesn't enjoy the process, do they? Sometimes you're like, nope, I'm not up for this. This is not fun for me. To bear with people means to love them. It means 1 Corinthians 13, 7, love bears all things. Again, in Romans 14 and 15, to suffer for the name of Jesus, it has to do with patience. It has to do with long suffering. Paul physically suffered for the name of Jesus. But Paul also suffered mentally and emotionally for the church that he loved. How many of you know that that's, that's a part of brotherly love in the church? To suffer with each other, even mentally, even emotionally, even physically. So we're asking this question, what does it mean to bear with one another? Well, when you start to put flesh on these bones, when you start to get really practical with this, you start to swallow hard and realize most of us just need to repent. Most of us need to repent because when the going gets tough again, we get going in the church today. If we fully grasp the idea, it will have a far-reaching effect on our own sanctification. And I want to speak for a second here about husbands and wives. You know, in the scripture, it talks about a wife bearing with an unbelieving husband. 
bearing with an unbelieving husband. It says that through your uh, chaste and respectful behavior, it talks about your gentle and quiet spirit. It says through that, you will win over, or you could win over your spouse. You see, that is a practical picture of bearing with the weakness of another. But that is precisely the thing nobody wants to do today in the church. Like, I can't deal with this. Well, that's what God said. I don't like this, but that's what God said. And this has far-reaching effects. Husbands, wives, children, Christians, pastors, congregants, congregants to pastors. It, It reaches everywhere. We must bear with one another. We have great stories in this church. I hope you know that. We have great stories of people who who bore with the weakness of their spouse. And now their spouse rejoices with us. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. You just keep pushing. You just keep pushing. You just keep holding that weight. That's your call in life. It might not be a glorious call. But we were told we would suffer for the name of Jesus. One of the issues in the church today, one of the problems with all the division and all the splintering and fracturing that we see is that nobody ever takes a second to think, maybe this is an issue of weak or strong faith. Maybe I've been told to bear with the weakness of my brother. Maybe this is actually good for my sanctification as much as it is for their sanctification. Instead, we just run down the road and start the first church of strong faith. We go down the road. We start a brand new church. It's the first church of strong faith. Notice nobody starts the first church of weak faith. <laughs> nobody has uh, uh, enough humility to actually start there. Okay, So we go down the road or we run from church to church to church to church. What are we doing? What are we doing? We're avoiding the very work that God has planned for our betterment, for our sanctification. This is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to grow, church. 